Oh my gosh. Daniel? James? Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in a month. I've been frozen in a box for, for a month. I remember saying goodbye to the audience about our 2019 entertainment awards, and then I can't remember anything else. Wait, James, what's Parasite? And why did it win so many Oscars? Oh my gosh, we gotta talk about it. Warning, this narrator advises that the listener digest the following as entertainment. The showrunners behind it are neither six-figure filmmakers nor professional critics. They are casually critical. Hello, and welcome back to Casually Critical Season 2, the podcast show starring two pals who love to talk about storytelling. I'm your host, Daniel Carpenter. And I'm James Newton, your co-host. For those of you who are curious, we'll be starting this review free of spoilers. That's right, folks. It's a new game. It's a new season. Our casual correspondence segment will follow, and then we will end this episode with a spoiler-filled discussion. Can we get, like an organ playing in the background while we deliver this grandiose introduction. No, probably not. Today's film we'll be discussing is Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, straight out of South Korea, Best Picture winner. James and I thought it opportune if we just kicked off season two with last year's Best Picture winner. Before we get into this, we should probably say something about how we're going to be pronouncing all of these names. Yeah, so this movie is made in South Korea and... They do amazing things there. Their music and their movies are incredible and unique, and you should check them out. Daniel and I may be affluent in movies, but we have never spoken a lick of South Korean in our entire lives. Our friend Lissa, who is much, much smarter than us, uh, we went to school with her. Huge shout out to her. Thank you so much, Lissa. She decided to help us out with the pronunciations on this thing. Uh, you're going to have to... Bear with us, Lissa, as a, our first South Korean teacher. Uh, we're going to probably screw up some of these things, but we are definitely headed in the right direction with these. So thank you so much for your help. Let's jump into our spoiler-free review. Um, All right. A lot of people have asked, and by a lot of people, I also include myself, how the heck did this come out of nowhere and just win? Not just Best Picture, but so many awards. Yeah. For those of you wondering why Parasite is significant, let me kind of shed some light on the subject. It won Best Picture, Best Director, which typically happens. Sometimes the director of the Best Picture will also win Best Director. Right. But then it also won Best Original Screenplay and Best International Feature Film, which used to be called Best Foreign Language Film. Yeah. This is the first ever non-English speaking film to win Best Picture. And on top of all that, I found this nifty trivia fact online. Oh. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, who is the director and mastermind behind this movie, uh, he won uh, four Academy Awards, those four. And his wins ties him with Walt Disney, who also won four Oscars in one ceremony back in 1954. Oh, my God. However, gosh. Disney won those four for separate movies so disney won one oscar for four separate movies each 
Bong currently holds the record for most Oscar wins by a single person for a single film. Oh my gosh. So this movie, does it meet the hype? And uh, I will say it not only met the hype, but it more than deserved best picture. This movie is the most meticulous movie I've ever seen. Bong Joon-ho is the mastermind behind this film. I don't even feel saying he's a director is quite right. No, 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 no. Because he did so much more. He wrote it. He directed it. He co-wrote it. I'm sorry. He co-wrote it and he directed it. This has been his child. He came up with the story, but he worked with another writer in assisting him with the original screenplay by the name of, I believe, Hong Wong Jung. Nice. Nice. James, would you like to introduce our audience for those listeners who may not yet be acquainted with this film as to what the general story is like? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Parasite is a comedic, sort of heisty kind of film um, that has commentary on the class system of South Korea. And it is about a family that infiltrates into the home of a very, very rich family. There's a lot of ongoing imagery in it that holds the whole film together. Whenever you take a closer look, this film becomes less of a fun heist and more of a tragic mess. This movie escalates and dissolves very, very rapidly in an organic and yet twisted and unexpected way. Am I warranted in saying that? I think so. Yeah, it's not like it's not like aliens come out and and kidnap everybody but it's still an unexpected turn of events this was one of those thrillers where i was like i'm really enjoying this in every sense there's lightheartedness in it and there are good genuine emotional moments in it the tone is perfect the characters are perfect the acting is great the set pieces are amazing it's very clear that there's a masterful deliberation by the creator by the crew every single step of this film reeks of calculation reeks Mm. of thoughtfulness a lot of people walk out of movies saying i felt all the feels after seeing that i think that's true for most well-done films but this is the only film i can say not only did it make me feel all the feels it made me feel all of the extremes of the human emotional spectrum oh there are some moments in this film that i was just laughing There were some moments when I was crying. There were some moments when I was terrified. And there were some moments where I felt at ease. The entire spectrum of human feeling is explored in this film. And on top of all that, there's a surprisingly meaningful message behind it. Especially, like, let's look at one of the genres that this film falls under. Thriller. Yeah. A lot of thrillers, I feel, fail to completely capture and respect the message they're trying to go for. Uh, They'll fail to capture it in a necessarily respectful way. It'll usually feel kind of pointed or jaded or even antagonistic. It doesn't feel human. Like the characters kind of feel like set pieces sometimes. Right. The one thing most thrillers in my limited experience seem to struggle with is the ending. The ending that either fails to complement the story and the themes established so far, or, and sometimes a combination of these two, it will completely sacrifice realism at the very end of it. It will hold this very groundbreaking, realistic, human-driven story, this commentary about the human condition, and then 
it kind of falls apart at the end. But every single act in this movie has equal amounts of thoughtfulness and deliberation and purpose. Yeah. There was never a scene where I was like, okay, what? That was pointless. Yeah. Or this irritated me because it didn't fit. Like it all fit and it all said something. And I loved that. I loved, loved, loved the direction in this movie. Mm. Amazing job from everyone involved. I think there's there's one other thing I wanted to add to that. I think movies like this tend to like to make people squirm and make you wriggle around in your seat and say, ooh, that makes me very uncomfortable. This movie does that in the most poignant ways and not necessarily in the moments that you would think. On paper, some scenes in this movie look serene and calm and relaxing and everyone's having a good time. I don't know how, but there is a tension that comes with the timing, the editing, the composition of certain shots that it's just like, okay, there's something more going on here. I think a good thriller is supposed to make you a little uncomfortable, but not for the sake of making you uncomfortable. It's for the sake mm. of progressing the story and progressing what the storytellers want to tell you. I think that's a really good point. A lot of thrillers, especially ones nowadays, tend to go for the shock value. Yeah. Where it's like, what can we show on film, on screen, that captures an audience's fright and makes them terrified and to go to sleep at night? And this film uses the thriller genre to elevate its suspense and elevate its message. It never makes it the message. Yeah. And that's something I want to touch on with you later in our spoiler section a bit more, because I feel it's important to discuss how themes should be used in storytelling. Yeah. So I think, James, to wrap up our spoiler-free section, I'll just ask you a question, and of course I'll, I'll answer with my own thoughts. But yeah, uh, for those listeners that haven't yet seen this movie, why should they? I think the reason that you should see this is because this is, a, this is a movie that makes you think and it is entertaining and it is not heavy handed uh, in what it wants to tell you. It calls attention to things that we deal with on an everyday basis. No matter what part of the class system you are here in the United States or wherever you're listening, it makes you think about those things. Um, Daniel, you and I, after this movie was done, we both just sat there thinking for probably three minutes, wordless, which is not typical of us. We will not shut up whenever we talk about movies, which is why this podcast exists, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I think if you want to, not only if you want to expand your horizons, but if you just want to see what Kore South Korean cinema is like, check it out. I think it's a great introduction. If you want to get into that, uh, this is sort of what the Oscars did was saying, hey, you should check this out. And hopefully that will lead to more recognition of um, Korean film down the road. Um, there is one thing that I will say about this movie. Um, for those of you who are interested in seeing it, it is rated R for a reason. Um, this is not a movie to take your kids to. There's sensuality and blood. Those are the two things that I'll say. They're not obnoxious and in your face, and they don't exist without a purpose. And we will go into that a little bit more in our spoiler review. So after you've checked out the movie, folks, listen to the second half of the episode. Now, Daniel, what about you? What's your final takeaway here? You already covered everything I wanted to say. The only thing I would add... Oh, I feel bad now. No, it's a good thing. The only thing I'd add to that is rarely do I feel fully behind the Oscars' decision of Best Picture. Obviously, from a selfish standpoint, I want a movie that I like to be <laughs> the Best Picture. But from a professional standpoint, I also want a film that challenges and pushes storytelling that challenges other artists to make as good of a film as they have. Whether or not that was their goal in the first place, 
the story speaks for itself. And there are some best pictures. And again, this is a spoiler-free review. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about the politics and nuances of behind the scenes at the Oscars. But La La Land won best picture. And I did not agree with that. Uh, I think it's a good movie. But I don't think it's best picture material. And there's a lot of reasons for that. None of which I'm going to get into. But Parasite is probably the first movie ever since I've taken this seriously that... I'm fully behind it winning Best Picture. It deserves it in spades. And even if you don't like the film, even if you're uncomfortable with it, it still means there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point. All right. And before we jump into our casual correspondence segment, which is coming up, uh, we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually doing it out of five stars. We feel there was a lot of confusion with our older rating system. Out not of just not stars. just for for our audience, but for ourselves as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so we believe there's a lot more familiarity with five star systems. You know, three stars is like average. Five stars is superior. One star or less is awful. Uh, so James, what would you rate Parasite? I'm giving Parasite a four point five out of five. And I'll give it a five out of five. Ooh. that's top shelf all right let's jump into our casual correspondence segment ladies and gentlemen have you ever wanted to partake in the conversation that we're having have you ever heard daniel and i just practicing the gift of gab back and forth i want to participate okay shut your mouth (laughs) have you ever heard daniel and i just talk for far too long and say you guys need to shut your mouth and hear what I have to say. That's what casual correspondence is for, people. You got to join in. You got to say what you think. You got to ask us some questions. You got to join the discussion. So that's what casual correspondence is about. Now, you might be wondering, what happened to Itch to Pitch? Well, the long and short is a lot of people were like, I'm not creative enough or ah, I'll just let the big brains figure this one out. But now that we've erased itch to pitch and we've replaced it with casual correspondence, we've also removed your ability to make excuses. Ah! <laughs> so as you're about to find out, you could ask us any question you want to and you might get featured. And James, I believe, has some real zingers. Yeah. Here, let, let me pull open the mailbox really quick. This one is from our dear sweet friend Connor from the humble state of California. Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. Weather cold enough for you, Connor? <laughs> Your question for us, Connor, was, do you believe Parasite was given best picture to make America look better? Connor, that's an amazing question. I love that question so much. You you should send more of those to us. Wink, wink. All of you should. I, I don't think it was given to make America look better. If they wanted America to look better, they would have gone with 1917 or something safer. Uh, 1917 is, for those of you who don't know, a World War I film. Uh, and even though it's not about Americans per se, it's it's reflective of some American war films. Yeah. Uh, but the art is there and I still recommend people see it. I think what Connor is trying to say here is that like the Oscars are losing attention. We're losing momentum. We need to throw something in there to grab everybody's attention. So let's pick a foreign language film for the first time ever. I think that's mm. what he's trying to say. Okay. Even with that clarification, I'd say... No, you know, I, I used to, I, I thought that at first of like, well, they just want to stay relevant, you know, and yep. look cool and, and all that and avoid the whitewashing allegations, which I'm not saying they're entirely correct or not. 
I'm just saying that could be a working theory as to why Parasite was chosen. Right. My personal two cents is the reason why I say no, it wasn't given Best Picture just to make America or the Oscars look better is because it is a superior movie. It's really stinking good. It's better in every way. Uh, Jojo Rabbit was good, but not quite as poignant. Yeah. Uh, not quite as hard hitting. That's my two cents. James, what do you think? Um, The cynic in me says yes, but I just think that this movie deserved it. And so I just want to believe that this was done just out of sheer respect, like the biggest tip of the hat possible, mm. given it best picture. So that's what we're going to do, folks. We're the Academy and we're deciding that Bong joon you deserve it. All right. So our next question we have is um, from our biggest fan. I swear to you, he's our biggest fan. It's Jacob from Oregon. We love you Wait, so much. Jacob from Oregon? So here's the question from Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Thank you so much. What did you think of the other Oscar winners? Sorry, you got to say that or again. I wasn't listening. <laughs> that was so bad. I don't know if I should even acknowledge it. It hurts don't. internally. Uh, okay, so what do I think of the Oscar winners, Jacob from Oregon? Well, for the most part, I, I don't have beef. There were a few things that made me say, yep, got him. Uh, one of them was Joaquin Phoenix winning uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role. I mean, oh, my brain. no one else on that list came close to the depths he went. I think I'm bleeding. Both physically with uh, going underweight and then also just pure acting. He just pulls it off. It's amazing. And here's the thing. No one thought Heath Ledger could be topped. Do I think Heath Ledger has been topped? No. I think they're both really good jokers, oh? but Joaquin Phoenix finds a way while in the same vein to make his own brand entirely. So there's hope out there. If you're a struggling actor who barely wins Oscars, play the Joker. It's going to help your career. Rip in peace, uh, Jared Leto. Uh, you're never going to see the sunlight shining on an Oscar ever for your role. Yeah. Uh, but Joaquin Phoenix did a good job. The other thing I'd say that I know James is going to say, but I'm cutting him to the chase. Do it. Best animated feature film yeah. is the one category where I saw all of the animated movies along with James. Yeah. Except for it's like, here's How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That yeah, should yeah, be sure. nominated. There's Klaus. Yeah, that makes Great sense. Movie. And good for them. That's amazing that they're nominated. Yep. Missing Link. Granted, a little surprised as to how they're nominated. It's the visuals, man. Leica always gets gets nominated for visuals. Yeah, the visuals. I mean, they've got everyone beat there. And then Toy Story 4. And then, what? What's this? I lost my body. It's like you read all these titles. And it's like, I lost my body. <laughs> the best part is the you list know? that we're reading from is in caps. So it's literally just <laughs> yelling it at you. If you go to the Oscars website and read I it. I lost my body. Oh, <laughs> Sorry for those of you listening with headphones. I'll lower that volume later in post. I Lost My Body is a French film, I know, uh, and it's on Netflix, Daniel. So we could check it out sometime. I don't know if we'll do a review. What do you guys think? Um, if Some it's people that are more broke and listening might be like, I lost my Netflix. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, you know, save up your money, dude. It's not that hard. James, what do you think of the Oscars? Yeah, okay. Uh, I wanted to see Little Women. Uh, my family loves Little Women, except for my dad, because he's not a woman. So he didn't watch or read the books. I want to see Little Women. My mom and my sister Me both too. read the books, and so I'm interested. I've heard I've heard it's really good. Yeah? And it's by Geta Gerwig, I believe, who also directed and wrote Lady Bird. 
fact I'm check. not sure about Rote. I know she had a heavy hand in Lady Bird. Okay. And that's also a good movie. So you know that it's coming from a good artist. Mm. Well, I have not seen American Factory, which is the documentary winner. Ford versus Ferrari won best editing. Still need to check that one out too. Here's what I have opinions about. The music for Joker. I thought that was an interesting choice. I don't know the music, music of any of the other movies. I will say the soundtrack in Joker is pretty haunting. And it's also like there's some really good anthems in there when there's just like crazy things happening. I love the Joker soundtrack. Yeah. I think it deserves it, even though I have listened to I haven't listened to Marriage Story or Little Women. Yeah. 1917 is a good soundtrack, but it's yeah. not a uh, it's great for what it is. It's okay. um, the whole movie's in one shot. So the music is kind of takes on a different role, which I like. Yeah. I'm so glad. And I might get emails about this uh, from my non-existent superiors, but I'm <laughs> glad that John Williams did not get an Oscar for Rise of Skywalker. I think, you know, John, my boy, I got nothing against you. I got no hate. I love what you've done with the franchise. And if anything, I would assume the new hierarchy of Lucasfilm is hindering creativity rather than letting it flourish. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, Rise of Skywalker soundtrack, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, no new themes. It's really just a recycled hodgepodge of the original, much like the movie that it scores. Best animated uh, short film, Hair Love, is on YouTube. You should all go watch it. It's like five minutes long. It's very sweet. You should check it out. See it. Uh, and the character designs are really nice, too. So our final question, Daniel. This one is from our dear friend Troy in Indiana. Hi, Troy. This is your first time. Uh, I don't know if you're. A, I don't know if you're a long-time listener, first-time corresponder. I think everybody's a first-time corresponder at this point. But it's good to hear from you. Welcome to the club, Troy. Yes. The male club. Yes. Not gender, but mailbox. Yes. Like, good. Good PR. Good PR. <sighs> you just saved goodness. face. We could have died, Daniel. Gosh, that could have been held against me five years from now when I got famous. Could have just freaking died. Okay. I know. Save so, the career again. The question is, <laughs> which movie would you most want to replace with a cast of Groundhogs? Oh, that's easy. No, it's not. I actually just had time to think about this. I had prep time. Okay. Uh, I have two. One is the Lego movie, because you can imagine all their little bodies rearranging. Oh, <laughs> oh no. That's and then, uh And then also just replacing, I think, the Legos with wood, if you wanted to go that far, just like... Uh, that'd be hilarious. Oh, I like it. But if you want a more serious suggestion from me, Troy, if you're really Groundhogs looking to... are very to, serious, so... If you really want to flex those CG muscles that I don't know if you have or not, but if you want to flex them, Zootopia. Because towards <laughs> the end, when it's Predator versus Prey, it's going to get really funny. Ooh. And then when the, one of them starts going wild and crazy... They're literally all <laughs> just the same thing. It's going to no longer be an allegory about race. It's going to be an allegory about taking acid. And maybe the legality <laughs> of weed. It's not, it's going to completely change its tone. True, true. Wow. Didn't think about that. My choice is obviously Groundhog Day. Uh, everyone is going to be a groundhog except for Punxsutawney Phil, who's going to be Bill Murray. It's been decided. He's just going to, they're just going to hold him up. It's going to be a very small, like baby sized Bill Murray. It's the same proportions of Bill Murray. He's going to be like, are uh, expecting some uh, weather system blowing in from the south. He's going to start like doing the line. <laughs> just from... All he does is talk about weather the whole time. Right. And then they just throw him into the throw him back into the little box that he came from. And they'll just resume. Or you just take a take a baby body and then just deep fake Bill Murray's face onto it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Troy, Troy, what have you done? This has become a fever dream. Yes. Now I feel like I've taken acid. You know, it's just crazy. So part of casual correspondence is that we also have a question for you. Yeah, this is a two-way conversation. Yeah, we want to hear from you. And since this is the first time, we don't have any answers yet. 
but instead a question. So listeners, out of all the movies that you saw in 2019 that came out in 2019, which movie would you nominate as the best picture winner? Would it be Parasite? Would it be something else? Would it be the Playmobil movie? Um, That would be my personal choice. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. Let's go into our spoiler review. Want to join the conversation? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Casually Critical Podcast to get the inside scoop on future episodes. Feel free to message us on either platform to join in the casual correspondence or provide feedback on the show. Now it's time to dive into our spoiler review. We're cracking open a fat can of spoilers. For those of you with virgin ears regarding the movie Parasite, you shouldn't be here. You should leave. You guys were warned. So spoilers. Let's talk. So it's just us now. You guys, you listeners who have seen the movie and have known what we've referred to in the non-spoiler section, or maybe you don't, and we're going to clarify it for you. Yeah. So I'm going to bring this up. Go. This one shot, this is how good Parasite is at evoking emotion with the minimalist, the barest recipe, the ghost scene. Uh, one of the uh, the rich the rich young boy uh, I James and I were overwhelmed by the amount of Korean names and also overwhelmed if not equally so by our incompetence right. at pronouncing those names so we're referring to the characters here as their function in the film yeah but the young boy of the rich family um, we finally get his backstory as to the ghost and there's that one shot where the eyes peer over the stairs and you hear the rain falling. And it gets louder and louder and louder. And then we hear a scream and we cut back to real life. Yeah. I I was like, don't do that, Bong Jong-ho. Why? It's engraved in my mind. I hate that scene because of how easy it was done. Like, it was just like, I had a feeling, James, I don't know about you, but I was like, this is iconic. Like, yes. I have a sense decades from now, this will be looked at as one of the highlights of that decade of yeah, film. Was yeah. That scene and maybe even that shot. Yeah, it's uh, great. It's not it's not talked a lot about now, and probably because I have a disturbing hunch that not many people have seen this movie mm, yeah. as they should. But it's a really good shot, and it's a chilling scene. And guess what? There's no music really. Nope. It's just sound effects. That's the scary and part. The jump scare. The jump scare was done without music, without any annoying ear rape moments, and it was just like rainfall. And it wasn't out of the blue either. They were talking about a ghost in the house. They could have easily shown it at the beginning of the movie. But the fact that we know who the ghost really is and his backstory and the fact that he's married to the housekeeper and how that's all connected. Yeah. That actually makes it more terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like this guy is a parasite. He's feeding off of this house and these this family. Yeah. He's been in there for so long. And oh, my gosh, from the cheekbones up, Park Myung-hoon's face is going to be embedded in my noggin until I die. I hope that's yeah. not my last image that I see whenever I die, but it might be. It's haunting. So, James, spoiler talk time, what did you think? Yeah, my biggest thing about, whenever we're talking spoilers, the biggest thing that I found that was fascinating and well-executed about Parasite was how it started out as this heist comedy and how it, doesn't slowly progress into a bloodbath, but it progresses into a bloodbath. I remember seeing a trailer and there was like violence implied. And thankfully, I don't remember all the images from the trailer. because right. I feel like they might spoil things. But I remember I'm like, it's going to get violent at some point. The only image I remember, Daniel, is cake being splattered with blood. My gosh, that birthday party. The birthday party, frankly, and 
frankly, the whole third act yeah. was intense. It turns into a bloodbath, but where and how? Mm-hmm. Like you talk about the second and third act. I don't know where the line is. I don't know where to draw the line. I think the two big moments that might divide the acts are A, when the housekeeper returns. I'm going to try my hand at her name here. Lee Jung-un, when Lee Jung-un, who plays the housekeeper, when she comes back to the house, when she begins to walk down those stairs and we see like, oh, shoot, we thought we knew where this was going, but this is new. Uh, When she does that, it adds a whole new layer of conflict. And then there's that part when um, the family has to try Mm -hmm. and leave the house and they can't because the couple's having sex and they're just watching their child lay in the tent. It's such an important moment. You know, I would say this. I think um, I think that that's the second act transition. I'll tell you why. Here's why I think that. I'll tell you why I think that. The father in the poor family, who's played by Song Kong Ho. By the way, the actor is phenomenal. Yeah. But he, while not the main character, is one of, if not the most influential characters in this movie. Or at least his time to shine... He kind of takes over halfway through the movie. Right. At first, it's the 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 brother. You know, he's like the lead and he initiates yes. everything. And then his father takes over the helm of the plot. Really. Yeah. Um, and I love how like this man, this father is perceived as like very adaptable, very flexible. You know, uh, him and his family expertly weave their way into wrapping themselves around every fabric of this rich family's life. And then... They are having that scene where they're all having dinner in this rich family's house together. And they're just metaphorically and kind of physically drunk off their success. You know, they're just like celebrating and they start toying around dangerously. Like it's a dangerous conversation. And I love the dialogue in it. But they start toying around with like, well, I kind of like it here. I like it here a lot. I could see myself living here. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. What's that supposed to mean? That's uh, that's nice. Like, like are we house. just shooting the breeze at this point, or? And I love that Bong Juno. He doesn't make the rich family douchebags. He doesn't make them a bunch of jerks. Yeah, they're nice people. They mean well. Yeah, they're just rich, and they say a few things that are insensitive, and they just say them at the wrong times. They don't say them even to the poor family. Yeah, they just overhear it, and it's like, and I think. That makes it even more powerful because you can see yourself in this rich family's shoes. Yeah, just like making a mistake. Right. They made an innocent mistake, but there's so much more to it. And I think what adds the extra layer of conflict when the basement's revealed and then this whole other like, oh, there's another family in this house and they've been here longer and they're going to keep what they earned. You know, like it gets terrifying because it's no longer rich versus poor. It's poor versus poor as they climb on top of each other to try and take advantage of this family. Yeah. I remember, um, James, after you and I walked out of the theater, we spent considerable time talking about what does the movie title mean? Who's the parasite? And I frankly think we're not really meant to have one rigid answer. Yeah. Uh, I'll wrap up by saying, uh, Jun Hong or Bong Jun Ho, uh, he made a statement for the film. And by the way, you can find this. Some of this is on IMDb. I really recommend you do some research. He knows his stuff. He loves this movie and he understands it and can explain it very well. He talks about this. He says, the movie is one group is pushed into a parasitic relationship with another in the midst of such a world who can point their finger at a struggling family locked in a fight for survival and call them parasites. 
It's not that they were parasites from the start. They are our neighbors, friends, and colleagues, who've merely been pushed to the edge of a precipice. As a depiction of ordinary people who fall into an unavoidable commotion, this film is a comedy without clowns, a tragedy without villains, all leading to a violent tangle and a headlong plunge down the stairs. You are all invited to this unstoppably fierce tragicomedy. That's the best description I've heard of the movie. That is excellent. I agree with every part of that. No villains, still super intense somehow. Still, I find myself being infuriated with the circumstances of the whole film um, and just frustrated with the situation. How so? The places that these this family finds themselves um and the things that they overhear um Hmm. i mean i don't want to write it all off as this but honestly it's all just like this these circumstances are products of this broken class system and it's tragic that that's really the villain of this film um obviously the pride and cowardice of the father you're talking about when the father is compared to a cockroach yes and here's the thing you could easily have written it so one of the rich characters calls him that. Yeah. But it's his own wife. Right. His, his own, own wife who knows him best. And then the one predictable part of the scene or of the whole movie is whenever Song Kong Ho, who plays the dad, just runs out of the scene. His own daughter is dying yeah. um, and he just runs. Yeah. He stabs a man and runs. I thought that that was another. That's something that's going to last with me is because because this movie was so unpredictable in so many ways. And yet the mm. one thing that was predictable sticks out like a sore thumb and it's whenever he just runs out and it's it's so brutal and so honest yeah just like the ending which we also talked right. about james had a theory about the ending which has since been confirmed by the director himself yes. whenever we first watched the movie i think one of the first things we discussed was the ending uh because i just couldn't stop yeah. thinking about it because it ends with the son buying the house and his son his dad coming out of the basement and giving him a hug and then it quickly cuts and it shows him sitting at the bottom of his, his soaked basement, just crying. I was like, Daniel, do you think that that means that it's impossible for this kid to get a good degree and get a good education? Because initially I thought, okay, with, with this, this idea of buying the house for, to find their dad, this is like providing a solution to the cast, like the class problem. Like everyone can do it. Everyone can climb the ladder. You can do this. Anyone can do it. Anyone can break down those social barriers just with with right. being smart and being witty and being persistent. But that last shot tells us that's not true. That boy is never going to be able to afford that home. There's a sense of despair in this film. And this is the genius, perhaps, of Bong Joon-ho and his impeccable sense of story. In the very beginning, it's established as this impossible-to-reach class, the stratosphere that the rich inhabit. And the poor can walk among it if only to serve the rich. Yeah. So it seems impossible. But then the family makes it possible. They infiltrate this place. They're strategic. They make plans. And towards the latter half of the middle section, the father and the son and everyone except the mother are lying in this homeless shelter. And he's talking about the folly of plans and making them. And he says it perhaps out of pessimism, but... At the very end, this nihilistic film, which again does something we touched on with Swiss Army Man, except Swiss Army Man fails to bring its nihilistic idea to fruition. Yeah. Uh, Parasite does so with aplomb and power behind it and poignancy because of that very strata that 
very gap, that impossible across chasm, that's the reason why this guy can no longer get his father. That's the only thing standing in his yeah. way, is the fact that it's folly for him to try and make plans to get rich. And that's the true heartache. Mm. Uh, Bong Joon-ho explains this ending, and he talks about, he says, maybe if the movie ended where they hug and fades out, the audience can imagine, oh, it's possible to buy that house. But the camera goes down to that half basement. It's quite cruel and sad, but I thought it was being real and honest with the audience. You know and I know, we all know that this kid isn't going to be able to buy that house. I just felt that frankness was right for the film, even though it's sad. Mm. And I think that's the true art. Bong Joon-ho tells the story as it is. When I say tell it as it is, I mean the theme. He has something to say. And I love that he could have easily made it about... Uh, rich people are trash. Rich people, death to rich people. Right. That's something that Joker tries to emulate, those similar themes, except Joker comes across so shallow. Yeah. It lacks depth in terms of its frank analysis of these political issues it's trying to straddle. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, Joker, I'm glad Joaquin Phoenix won that Oscar because Joker is a story service, serviced to an Oscar winning performance. performance. Yeah. Exactly. But Parasite is serviced to the theme. And the theme is what takes this whole movie and makes it together. Films like Joker make great character studies. Theme-based films like Parasite make great movies mm -hmm. and great discussion pieces. Yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more conversation that can be had with a film like Parasite. Well, guys, this is not an easy film to discuss, certainly not in the time limit we have. Do you have any other thoughts about Parasite? Do you have any questions for us that might be related to the movie? If so, feel free to contact us. With that being said, guys, I'm Daniel, and this is James, and you've been listening to our podcast, Casually Critical. Have a wonderful night. Yeah.